Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis, and welcome to one of our guest specials that we release between our usual Queer Movie Club episodes. Today we're joined by two special guests who will be answering the question, what movies made you queer? I'm very excited to welcome the hosts of Mermaid's podcast, She Said, They Said, Alex and Shivani. Hello. Hey. Oh my God, my voice just then, I was like, ah. So exciting. So I, when I did that intro, used the sort of like umbrella name for this episode, which Mm -hmm. is what movies made you queer. Kind of a catch-all term, but do you use other words to describe your identities, the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about today? I'm not queer. I know that's like... Yeah, mm. I'm not queer. I'm a, I'm a straight white woman. Um, so Alex yeah. is Fiat 500 basic bitch. Am I allowed to say bitch? Yeah, yeah, I am. I've just decided that right now. It's acceptable, <laughs> yeah. but only you. That's no one so else. true. That's so true. I feel. I feel like a fraud. I'm not. I'm not queer enough to paraphrase a School of Rock reference. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm. I am trans though, so like I can be kind of sometimes under the queer umbrella, I guess. But yeah, I wouldn't describe my sexuality as queer. I'd say it's like pretty boringly heterosexual. What Ew, movies gross. made me heterosexual? Gross. What movies made title. me? I think what movies transed me. I think that's <laughs> like. I think that's good. Oh, I no. think that works for me. How about you? I I think queer fits me really well. I could go into it and take up some airtime like Alex just did. But queer is a word that works for me. (laughs) Go off. (laughs) Go off, Shivani. Rowan said we were allowed to roast each other. This is happening. We're here. I'm queer. You're not, apparently. I'm not. Sorry. (laughs) I've like spent time with both of you. So immediately I was like, I need to just stress how much the roasting is as it is your natural state, both of you, that yeah. it is acceptable on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's sort of the normal state of being for The us. other day I sent Shivani a meme that was like, when your friend is non-binary and Shivani hit me back with, wait, are we friends? <laughs> like, that's, that's honestly kind of very similar to me and Jazza's relationship. If anyone has listened to any of the normal episodes of the podcast with me and Jazza, that's all we do the entire time is just absolutely destroy each other. And it does make me wonder if there's any Americans listening, whether they think it's just like a bullying podcast, because it's just us doing typical British friendship stuff, which is just like ripping the shit out of each other. That's how we show love. But I worry that they're like, that's so mean. And I'm like, no, listen, if a British person has not taken the piss out of you, you're probably not actually friends. Like they you haven't quite reached that level of friendship that they feel like they can be kind of a dick to you but it's in a nice way or if they haven't taken the piss out of you they probably genuinely really hate you yeah yeah no that's also true I love the idea of a bullying podcast like oh my god (laughs) Alex's next pitch for a podcast I'm like my mind is running 20,000 miles an hour right now because I'm like okay who can I bully online And can I record it? I think that's quite cool. Do you remember Formspring? That was the original yes. bullying podcast. And then we had Twitter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now-, now Alex's new show. Yeah. Bullying podcast by Acast coming out this spring. They are going to litigate your ass so hard. <laughs> Good. So I thought that what we do, because this is the first time we've had two guests on, is that we'll kind of go backwards and forwards with with this. I don't really have a particular order that I'm asking for these in. It's it's your discretion. It can be, you know, earliest character or earliest movie to most recent. It can be most normal to most bizarre. 
whatever the order or just like a, a grab bag. I'm pretty easy. But Alex, do you want to do you want to start with a choice of yours? Yeah, of course. So I was assigned male at birth and so what was like more interesting for me for quite a while was my attraction to men rather than like the fact that I was a girl and actually just a straight girl. And the first time I realized that I was actually attracted to men was watching Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat and watching Donny Osmond in Potiphar's wife's like boudoir getting felt up by Joan Collins. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. You know what? <laughs> I, I, both. I didn't need... It's like the woman was too stunned to speak. <laughs> <laughs> have, have either of you seen Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat? You know, the Donny Osmond version? No, I've yeah, not I seen was that a, version. I was, in fact, a, prim, a, a, ch- a child at primary school and therefore have, have been made to see that. Yes, yeah. indeed. And also performing it as one of... I think our role was like Potiphar's wives... Other women Hot. with of other wives, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was just one of those things where they would give like one ensemble role to like all 30 to 60 kids in like a class and they would all just be that one role. Fuck it was yeah. kind of very much that vibe. So I've uh, been on stage while that has been happening and truly maybe it's um, the lesbian part of me, but there was absolutely no part of me within that scene that was like, well, I... I I know who I'm into. That was my sexual awakening, that honestly. Like, so Shivani, because you've not seen it, I'll, I'm going to describe it to you. Please, please don't. don't. Joan Collins is in a floor-length beaded gown. Okay, every story should begin like that. And she strips Donny Osmond off down to a loincloth. Donny Osmond is there with this like long '90s, slightly greasy dark hair. I might Google this. Yeah, his oiled torso. And she like runs her hands, which are in mesh gloves with nails on the end. It was like very high camp. And she's like touching him and singing like about Potiphar. And honestly, Andrew Lloyd Webber did the damn thing. He snapped, okay? I know he fucked up with cats, but with... Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, he really sorted me the hell out. The cats weren't doing it for you then? No, the cats didn't do it. Although, Jason Derulo is a sexy cat in Yeah, but you can't see his dick print. No. But do cats have dick dick prints? Like, like what's a cat? What, what, oh my god! What's a cat's cats, dicks like cats, that? cats have balls though. They have like teeny little tiny furry balls. They're really cute. But do they have I can willies? Confirm that. Yes. The, I only know about the cat balls because I have recently gotten kittens and they were like, obviously we need to like spay and neuter these two cats. They they were like, oh, we can obviously do the boy first. It'll be fine. And I was like, I don't know if it is going to be fine. Brought him into the vets. They saw how small he was. And um, they were like, yeah, no, I don't, don't actually think his, he has balls yet. Like I think that's still they just stuck hadn't dropped. They had not dropped. And so we're still, he's technically due and I have a feeling I'm going to take this little tiny boy back and they're going to be like, listen, he needs to have balls for us to chop them off. Like it's, <laughs> they need to be there for this to happen. So uh, yeah, my knowledge of cat genitals is weirdly grown in the last six months. My cat, RIP Gus, had the cutest tiny little furry balls and um, you could just sort of see them when he was walking away from you and you're just like, Teeny tiny fairy balls. Very cute. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm I'm looking at these images. Yeah. I'm, I've got to say, not loving the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Not as 
fashionable as I would like it to be, a little bit, I don't know, tacky. But take it up with God. It, yeah, the technicality, I'm sorry. it's just like that game, it's like that um, you know, the parachute game at school. It's yes. basically they've just put one yes. of those on him and I'm like not vibing with it at all. I can see why you were into this. Yeah. Like I'm Googling Donny Osmond top from, right from like now. a this is yeah, from a heteronormative perspective, I'm seeing why you were into this. Yeah. If you okay, if you're looking at it now, Alex, do you still feel the same way? Or were you like, listen, in my misspent youth, this worked and now it's a no, or are you like, you know what? I had great taste. I think I had great taste. He's got like a little bit of chest hair. He's oiled up nicely. This is a, a picture of him in handcuffs. I think they are the Pharaoh's handcuffs. And yeah, I still stand by it. I, I still think Donny Osmond is a dish and has always been a dish. So yeah, I completely stand by that and know that that was, yeah, my sexual awakening. And now I make every guy that I sleep with, I make every man call themselves Donnie so not Joseph do the whole routine so you were into Donnie not Joseph I was just into him yeah yeah it wasn't like because he was Joseph it was just like because he looked really hot and he had like sexy long hair speaking of sexy long hair it was really sexy when Kristen Stewart cut off her long hair what a segue why when did she cut off her long hair between twilight and now just like when she was like okay I'm I'm a lesbian when she was like, oh, right, okay, I've already given the queers their sexual awakening that they've so desperately needed. Now I'm going to confirm that I too am queer and join them in the cult of queerness. So is that what happened for you, Shiv? Yeah. Is this the movie that made you queer? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, no. Ray. I feel like I'm taking your job right now. But are you are you coming out and saying that Twilight this is made what you I, queer? This is what I get for inviting podcast hosts onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we steal your segues and do your interviews. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave, guys. You can just you can just do it. It's fine. <gasps> Would you like me to continue about Kristen Stewart? Because yeah, all this. What I'm interested in with this, right, is is this something that had an impact on you and like a it it shifted something or it was like a confirmation or something like that or are you just like look, I already knew this was just adding like the cherry on top. This is like another. I think on some level, like I should have known. Like, I should have known. But when everyone was like, Twilight is a piece of shit. And I was there like, actually, I I kind of enjoy the films. I mean, maybe they're not going to win any Oscars, but I'm really having a good time looking at the screen, especially when Kristen Stewart's on, on it. I should have known. Yeah, just like, it's just, I just really feel like she's just an artist. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's just something about her. She's, she is yeah. and her super face. hot. She is super hot in that film. And she wears like so many layers. She's always like got like a vest and like a Which long sleeve Which is really top. queer. And I that's think. really queer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you like her bowling shirt? Yes. I like all of her shirts. I like her in the baseball outfit. I like her... Out of the baseball outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the whole baseball scene is just a religious experience, to be fair. They didn't have to go. I mean, like, even if you hate Twilight to the marrow of your bones, even if somehow you don't fancy Christian Stewart, you have to admit that the soundtrack absolutely slaps to that first movie. Like, there's no, absolutely no doubt. 100%. I was in my Paramore era when I was like, when it was Twilight time. And ding, ding. it was just so, so perfect. Decode? Decode? How do you say that word? <laughs> Decode? Decode? 
sounds wrong, but the song sounded right. <laughs> it just made sense. Yeah, it did. Oh. Do you have a favorite case due era? The current one. Just her, just her living her life right now. I actually really enjoyed Happiest Season. I've made it a new uh, mm. tradition within my family of myself to watch Happiest Season every Christmas. I haven't How seen Happiest Season. How do they feel about that? Um, my family of me and my partner and um, Happiest Season, which is part of the family, my partner doesn't enjoy it so much. But you know what? Relationships are about compromise. It's and about sometimes compromise. The most important compromise of all is including case due within the family Christmas season. I definitely think so. I think it's the queer Christmas movie I had been waiting to see. It's got Dan Levy, hilarious. It's got Kristen Stewart, gorgeous. What more could you want? Are you about to show us the furry cat balls? My, I'm sorry if there was a little nudge of the microphone there. My, my baller son has just <laughs> decided to jump onto my lap. I, I'm hoping that he will be uninterested in me and therefore won't stop purring. Otherwise, I might have to go and chuck him out of the room. He's, he's very cute, though. He's so, he is so, so tiny. I think he's just doing drag. I think he's just tucked. He's tucked. How old is he? Uh, they were born in August. Oh, so, so he's a little baby. He's a little baby, yeah. I was determined that my cat was non-binary because I am. I just thought it's a family thing. Yeah, that makes Are sense. Are you a lesbian? <laughs> buddy tiny boy you a little lesbian hey bro do you like it. chicks like... <laughs> I, i'm like are you a lesbian in a like ironic harry styles way or in a like a dude who's like oh yeah i'm a lesbian as well i love i love women <laughs> hey, i knew I mean, what you were about to kim say the male lesbian there. from the l word was it kim i hate okay i'm gonna admit something i don't know if i've admitted this before publicly on this podcast but i have not seen the l word neither well, I mean, it's not for, for you, you Alex, Alex, but okay. Yeah, okay, I, I, I'm a homophobe, so I don't want to watch that shit. No, uninterested. No, I'm a... Uh, weirdly, my thing I was watching in that era was Queer as Folk instead, which is, like, primarily around, about gay men, and they had, like, the one lesbian couple. And for some reason... I don't know if it was just, like, a get it... I could pirate it easier might have been the reason. But yeah, I never watched The L Word. I loved Queer as Folk. I loved Queer as Folk when it was on. Well, I didn't watch it when it was on because I was, like, a baby. But, um, okay, Alex, we get it. You're youthful. You're younger than me, Shivani. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm actually not. Are you not? Are <laughs> no, you I just look younger than you. You look Asian. Like my don't raisin. <laughs> Do you know they're doing a re? They're doing a Queer Folk reboot. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. But like, I need to audition ASAP. Um. So it's coming out this year. Russell T Davies is exec producing it. But um, it's like basically he's done some interviews in the past where he was like. Mm, listen okay obviously I did the original it ran for like a very British 10 episodes and then it went over to America for five whole bloody seasons but um he was like one of the big regrets I have like it kind of worked as like a very particular moment of a very particular kind of gay in a very particular part of Manchester but if I knew like what for the one it would be I would have made sure that there was like a diverse representation of our whole community, blah, blah, blah. And it looks like that's very much been the vibe of this remake. So I'm very excited. That is exciting. We'll see how it goes. Um, anyway, we're not talking about the future. We're talking about the past. Alex, I guess number two, what is your second? Okay. The second movie, I think this this movie cemented something to do with like, you know, my attraction to men, but it also made me a girl, I think. And it was Anastasia. This movie made me trans. This movie made me trans and it was Anastasia. Uh, 
I love that Please film. explore that for us. Unpa- unpack everything about that. Okay. I love Anastasia so much. I still watch it now, like all the time. It is my ultimate comfort movie. The songs are amazing. Meg Ryan's voice is absolutely superb in it. And I think Dimitri, the heartthrob, is like extremely hot in it. Like he's so attractive. Yeah, I just, I I love him. I love Anastasia. Her, she has this, again, this like floor length velvet gown with like a sequin cape on the back. And she has a, a, a diamond choker and it's just absolute, you're right, it's chef's kiss. It's perfection. Uh, I love Anastasia and I love the songs. Um, I would say that if I'm thinking about it, looking back, this might actually be on my list as well if I was to make one of these lists because she was very hot. And I think yeah. that actually almost it confirmed being a lesbian and not being bi because I was like, look, if I'm not going to fancy Dimitri, I'm never going to fancy any man. Like it's just not going to happen. He's he's perfection. He is. Do you he not even those... fancy Harry Styles though? No, oh, unfortunately. That's weird. He's, you know, there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you on this. I'm such a massive fan of this, of this, of the whole movie, everything about it. Slightly less into the Broadway musical, but like, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, totally. But this podcast is not called the Broadway musical that made me quit, though. It so. isn't. That's true. It's fine. That's very true, actually. We don't yeah. have to the be... guy that plays Dimitri in the Broadway musical <laughs> or played Dimitri was really hot. I like can't remember his name. What was his name? Just every iteration of Dimitri. Yeah, I, I could remember so all. Was it like um, a combination for you of like a fancying him, being like, yes, hundred percent, want to get get it on with guys, and then also yes. I want to be this woman. Yeah, I want I want to be her. I want him to kiss me and I want to be wearing that dress while he kisses me. And I want to put my arms out and touch the where his where he's rolled up his shirt just like above his elbows and it's like mm-hmm. and his shirt is like kind of struggling against his biceps and I want yeah. to hold him there while he kisses me and 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 yeah is the rest of it too explicit to put on a podcast yeah yeah basically we have to do an x-rated spin-off yeah that can be for the patreon when i talk about like fucking a cartoon like version of dimitri (laughs) at least i will say like it could have been worse because there are people whose awakenings were like animal cartoon characters from disney and i feel like that would have been a diff we would have been going a very different route i think you uh, need to wait that. for shivani's next answer okay, uh, okay wow what an incredible segue that i <laughs> genuinely didn't know but i'm excited to hear exactly what's um going on in the depraved mind of our second guest first of all i'm the first guest because i never come second especially not to alex <laughs> wow Shots fired. I know. I'm like, I'm like trying to work that it out. That was so like, bad. Can we edit that out? I sound like no. an absolute Julia, douche, if you I, could just keep that in. Yeah. Um, I'd really be- I was like, <laughs> trying to work it out. I was like, wait, did you, are you like making a, a joke that like we've had sex and like you've made me come first or something? Like, I don't know. No, it wasn't a sex joke. It was like I, in a race, like, I would finish first and be the best. And Notoriously be speedy. Second. Shivani, I'm like twice your height. My legs could like, <laughs> completely crush just yours. three strides and yeah <laughs> she's like running behind you i don't know what you're talking about alex i do cardio pilates i do cardio i do cardio pilates is kind of cardio Mm-mm. no it's Mm-mm. not no, slow no. motion cardio yeah, <laughs> it's not. anyway sorry julia we will get back to the podcast now i love robin hood 
And I think you know where I'm going with this. The story, you know, takes from the rich, gives to the poor. From Nottingham, I was at university in Nottingham. The anthropomorphic fox. Foxy. Of, so here's, just to, just to clarify real quick. Um, everything before you mentioned the fox mm. could have led us to believe that a human version of Robin Hood was <laughs> of interest to you. No. Just, you know. No. Uh, but but straight to the animal. The fox. Yeah. The fox. This is not unusual, though. I feel like this is a big thing for a lot of people. But please explain to us what it was about that cartoon boy. Or Maid Marian, or are you, are you no, a... No, just Robin fully Hood? the fox. That was... Fully just the fox Robin Hood. Okay. Yeah. Ex would you like to expand or are you just going to leave that as the just like I'm gonna, people I, I'm can just gonna, make up their own I'm minds I'm going to like unpack this a little bit for myself okay it's, okay. An, it's in no way to sort therapy. of a concise yes thank you this is much cheaper I think there's an element there that I I enjoyed the fact that he was the hero and he was doing the right thing and he was being a good guy and all of these things he was the goody he beat the baddie love that also, he was like cheeky and funny and cute. And I was like, oh, I'm a little bit like that. So I could kind of see myself in him a little bit. And then I was like, oh, wait, he's also kind of like cute in like a mischievous, like cutie little way. I don't know. Like, cute way. He was, we get way. it. You, we get it. We thought you thought he was cute. So yeah, I thought it. he was cute. And so like, I don't know. I saw a little bit of myself in him and being non-binary I feel like that there was like a, a part of me that was like, ooh, I, I'm relating to this element within the like mischievous boy elements like that the fox sort of represents. Robin Hood, it's Robin Hood. The fox is the Robin Hood character. I was like, oh, I can kind of see myself like in these elements of this character. And I was kind of into that. And I was like, also being bisexual, like he's kind of cute. And it was just a whole lot of stuff going on. I feel like non-binary people famously love hats too. And like, Oh yeah, for sure. And like Robin Hood has mm -hmm. a really great hat. That is true. It's all it's all coming yeah. together. It's all coming together. <laughs> it's did Alex just flash Robin Hood fan art at the at the Zoom call? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even the real Robin Hood. Shivani, I sent you Robin Hood hentai. I do <laughs> That's that's real true friendship. Just to show how messed up you are, okay? Wait, and, hold on, we're friends. And okay, and he has even has little fairy balls on it. <laughs> and we know how much you are a fan of that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing up my dead cat. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, not this. You're not wrong. I feel like the competence thing as well of like the scene where he's shooting the arrows and like being just so goddamn good at archery. He's like talented. He, you know, wants to help out other people. He wants to have fun with his friends. He's a natural leader. He's seems like a good guy. And and wait, you you identify with that, with all of those things, Shiv. You don't have any of those qualities. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You're not a good guy. Okay, you're a really, <laughs> you're a really bad person. I'm a bad guy. Duh. Mm -mm -mm -mm. <laughs> I'm really enjoying how that was like such a Regina George moment of like, oh, so you think you're a good guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you agree? You agree? You think you're a really good guy? Yeah. 
that was that well speaking of mean girls that was that that film was written about you wasn't it alex yeah it was my it was my um it's actually a, a fictionalized memoir um that <laughs> i that i wrote um, damn you um, must be you must be rolling in it that's done pretty well right regina george is trans yeah yeah regina george is she's one of the dolls i mean look at those high high breasts and that thin hair honestly uh she is <laughs> confirmed transgender i thought we were just going to be roasting ourselves on this podcast but we've taken it to just to like 2000s teen movie characters as well no 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 i think that's straight up rachel mcadams alex is coming for you (laughs) absolutely she's a regular listener of the show so we are gonna have to issue an apology at the beginning of the episode totally fair no i loved me i love mean girls like yeah mean girls clueless Jame private school girl like they're all they've all made me me as well <laughs> definitely is that like a deliberate modeling after or were you like oh no this is just who I am I guess uh yeah gotta find your heroes where you can, where I know. You can find them. <laughs> seeing, just lean I mean, into it this isn't really a movie but like seeing Jame private school girl on screen I was like wow representation really matters and <laughs> <laughs> And seeing, like, you know, a, a cross-dressing, a cross-dressing private school girl was, like, really important for me. As a cross-dressing private school girl. <laughs> a, a, you mean a, a 42-year-old man, a 42-year-old Australian man. Yeah, I'm coming out on this podcast. I'm yeah. actually 42 and Australian and a man, so... <laughs> I can't believe that we managed to grab that exclusive. Mm, um, I know. Stop the press. Stop the press. So I'm just going to pause quickly from the absolute delightful chaos that is Shivani and Alex discussing queer movies to talk a little bit about today's sponsor, Tab for a Cause, which if you have listened to previous episodes of the Queer Movie Podcast before then you absolutely are familiar with them. But just in case you do not know what I'm talking about, Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while just, you know, chilling out, doing your thing online. So the way it works is that whenever you open a new tab, which for me is uh, constant and all of the time because my little ADHD brain loves to get distracted, you know, be watching something and then want to Google every single actor that's in it, kind of open up a million tabs when I do a Google search so that I can read the information on every single page that comes up in the first five pages of results. Every time you do that, you open up a new tab, you will see two things when you have this extension downloaded. One is a beautiful photo and two is a small ad. So part of that ad money then goes towards the charity of your choice. So essentially you're helping to raise money for charity just by casually using the internet as you would anyway. So if that seems like your kind of thing, then you can join Team Queer Movie Podcast by signing up at tabforacause.org slash queermovie. And just before we jump back into the episode, I also wanted to say that Jazza and I have really just been loving being part of the Multitude Collective, which is essentially the podcast collective that Queer Movie Podcast is a part of. They have a load of other incredible shows. Um, Today, we just wanted to mention a particular one that we have been listening to and really loving that is Spirits. I think Spirits was actually the first Multitude show that I ever listened to. It's essentially a mix of history, folklore, the occult, comedy, cocktails, all that good stuff. 
So every week, mythology buff Julia, who is also the editor of this podcast, we love her, and her childhood best friend Amanda get together to learn about a different story from mythology and folklore over drinks through the lens of like feminism, queerness, and like modern life and adulthood. So this might mean anything from the mythological origins of big blockbuster movies and pop culture icons, all the way to modern urban legends, rounding up of werewolf stories from around the world. There are so many episodes that they've already released to listen to. In fact, there's over 250 from the last five years. So whether you're interested in, you know, creepy stories or deep diving into like an analysis of the way that mental health has had an impact on mythology over the years, this is definitely a podcast that you will enjoy. I am personally very into the episodes where listeners send in their own stories to be read on air. I think it's so interesting hearing about everyone's like local legends and family histories and like strange experiences that they've had that could be supernatural. So if you think that that might be your thing, then you can dive in at spiritspodcast.com or by searching for spirits wherever you download your podcasts. Okay, and without further ado, it is time to get back to Shivani and Alex. I can't even keep track of who is next. I feel like uh, me trying to be like the nice arbiter of like, okay, and now you, and now you, thank you so much. On to the next one. And now I'm just like, we've descended into chaos, which I don't really mind no. so whoever whoever feels inspired who wants to go next who wants to I guess follow up on Robin Hood feel very free I can I can go and I think we can I think there are bits in this that we can both uh, identify with Shivani so I did a BuzzFeed quiz don't a bit speak ago. for me okay sorry I think I think I know you I don't know you'll be hearing from my lawyers okay I am your lawyers so <laughs> shut up I, I took a BuzzFeed quiz, what Disney princess are you? And I, of course, got cross-dressing bisexual Mulan as the Disney princess of my choice. And no, wait, Mulan's not the bisexual, but Shan Yu is Hundy Pundy by mm. confirmed, wants to rail the twink ping in Mulan. You're not wrong. No, it's true. But yeah, I, I like Mulan is, is another humongous fave of a a kind of like yeah Disney cartoon thing and yeah I really liked Mulan I thought she was great did you at the time have like a oh okay this is speaking to me in a very particular way when you're watching the movies again or were you like years later like oh this is all making a lot more sense now <laughs> I don't know yeah I think I think it's more of like an in hindsight I was like oh yeah of course like I identify with the cross-dressing one like obviously that makes you know such perfect poetic comedic sense what scene was it that made you that you identified with most was it the bit where like sort of tomboyish no makeup Mulan goes to the matchmaker and gets completely like beautified or was it the scene where Mulan is like I'm gonna go to battle it was neither actually it was okay it was like curveball number three it was at the end where Mulan is like she's being a badass she's saving China but she's in an iconic dress and she looks amazing and femme Mm, yes I was like yes that's really cool I like that Mm. I'm gonna save China one day truly the dream of every 42 year old Australian Um, (laughs) to save China to save China to save China and to uh 
cross dress and be an Australian, oh, sorry, a private school girl at the same time. Okay. Were you, okay, so was Alex right? Is Mulan also on your list? I want to know from Alex what she thinks I identify with in that film. I think you identify with... Horse, the horse. Um, yeah. Really? You think I'm the horse? The horse that spits. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Just I that think... brave little horse. <laughs> Only pre-COVID. Only pre-COVID. I think the kind of, t- yeah, the tomboy Mulan saving China and fancying a guy. I think that's, that's that was literally it. I really identified with Mushu, actually. Oh, interesting. Mm. 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 Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Kind of just vibing. Making breakfast. Having a good time. Trying to be helpful. Making congee for breakfast. Never actually being that helpful. Classic, yeah. Who also was was a a key part in saving China, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he kept Mulan alive long enough for her to be able to save China. So again, you've basically just trying to choose the most heroic and good guy from from all of these pieces of media. See, this is the thing. There is nowhere with. there is nowhere in the movie where it is explicitly clear that Mushu is a man, dragon, mm. lizard thing. Interesting. Think Interesting. about it. Think yeah, about, about it. it. Oh. But I also really identified with Mulan like making the transition from Mulan the daughter to Mulan the warrior or sorry Ping the warrior because I was like oh my god all I've ever wanted to do is cut off my hair and um little baby me was like mom please can I do it my mom was like no but I have done it now so don't worry I followed my dreams kids you should follow yours too how did both of you feel about the like not only that Mulan was like disguising herself as Ping but like wasn't that good at it it was like very much a performative gender thing. Like it wasn't like a, and now I am a man. It was like, oh, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to like, did that feel in any way like relatable? The idea of like trying to be something or trying to fit in or trying to perform something? Yeah, I think the bit where Mulan is dressed up as a boy and is having to like walk around the army camp and like spit and talk shit about girls and like pretend to be a man that was like very me at boys school like it was like a secret girl trying to fit in and be all manly and it was just like yeah very she's very bad at it and I also was very bad at it hard relate to that yeah for you not for me yeah I, well yes also for me I really Ish. Mm. no I don't know I've never really fit in with the 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 stuff either way gender wise so I think for Mulan and for, you know, the cis heteronormative brain who wrote it, which I'm assuming is the case, as opposed to knowing whether or not that is the case. But I am going to speak like a voice of authority to make it seem like I really know what I'm talking about. When they wrote it, it was an attempt at sort of what they thought Mulan thought Mulan should do. And like, I think there is this element of when you first come out as gender non-conforming, or maybe trans, that you sort of have this this whole exploration of your gender identity where you're kind of like, oh, this is what I see other people doing. Maybe I should do it. And that's like Mulan's doing that. Like, oh, I see all the other guys spitting. Maybe that's what I should do until Mulan works out who Mulan is as a guy, Ping, you know? That makes complete sense. Mulan's mm-hmm. like on that gender journey and we're here for it. Disappointing that the sequels weren't just like, Mulan's gender journey was like... Here's, here's just a subpar direct-to-video sequel, guys. 
Nothing to see here. I'm gonna Where I'm gonna disagree. Been? I'm gonna hard disagree on that. Mulan 2 is a fucking classic. I wanna be like other girls. I wanna be like other girls can. It's, it's just that bang is part after of the banger. gender journey, though. To be fair, 100%. that is part of the gender journey. Yeah, she's just transitioned. I stand corrected. She's just transitioned. She's 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 chill now. Yeah, no, but I think that was part of the gender journey for Mulan. I think she was just there exploring, being hyper masked, being hyper femme, being somewhere in between. And I think Mushu as well should have played more of a role in that sort of guidance position that he had, they had, they they had. They. And I would have liked the sequel to be Mulan and Mushu rather than save China, maybe they could have like followed up with destroyed the gender binary. They started a podcast called She Said, They Said. Um, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what we did. So yeah. That's what they did. Yeah. It just makes sense. It does. So away from Mulan, more mythical creatures mm-hmm. maybe like my first like oh yeah i fancy a woman this is like i would go around telling my friends that i fancied this woman and i'd be like i fancy her and she's so fit and no one can tell me anything otherwise anyone like who has a brain knows that she's really fit like it doesn't make me gay to fancy her <laughs> and um <laughs> oh we all know that old chestnut yeah everyone like obviously she's really fit i i like like have a brain so I know that she's really fit like uh. Kira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean a round of applause a round yeah, of applause absolutely the corsets the wigs everything obsessed the, yeah Agreed. the taking no nonsense the like oh everything Parley I invoke the right of Parley <laughs> I so Gabe also invoked the right of Pirates of the Caribbean in their one but it was a specifically a Jack Sparrow situation. And I put in the the argument for Elizabeth Swan and I feel like not enough respect was given by my previous guests. So I'm very pleased that I have some correct and right guests on today because 100% those movies, I'm like on the Justice for Elizabeth Swan fan club board of members. Could you please send me a link to that? Yeah, I will do. We got, yeah, I'll invite you to the meeting. But I just, like every single movie was just, a, it was about her. And anyone who denies it was wrong. just hates me specifically. Yeah, they were just wrong. 100%. I mean, do you have any scenes in mind? Any, anything in particular? Was it just the entire vibe? I think there was, the there was like one particular scene. I can't remember which movie it was because I've watched all of them so many times they kind of blended all into one. But it was one particular scene when she was on the beach wearing like the white shirt and like no trousers and her hair was like flowing and I was like there is nothing sexier in the world than Elizabeth Swan in some dude's shirt. My favorite thing about when any and when any ever anyone says I can't remember the exact scene but this happened is there's always a chance that it's not actually in the movie and that this person just has really intensely imagined this scene in their own mind and has convinced themselves that it actually happened within the movie. If anyone who knows a lot about Pirates of the Caribbean and doesn't think that that scene actually exists and that Shivani has just had a very detailed fantasy about it, please, please message the podcast because please I do not let me know. know. Please do not let <laughs> me Tag know. Tag Shivani in the tweet publicly. Don't, don't, please don't ruin this for me. I would also like to think that if I had a fantasy about it, it would be a better fantasy than that. Go on, describe it. Beep. 
<laughs> on the Patreon exclusive episode <laughs> with Alex and Giovanni, the late, late show. So cartoon Robin Hood and Kira Knightley. I <laughs> just make it out. Um, and then, and then Kristen Stewart's just there watching. Just in the corner. Yeah. Classic. I would say that the, the scene, you know, the scene in the first movie where she, cause I feel like it's the mix of like confidence and brains and, and looks all in one where she's on the ship and she has the, just everything about her. And she has the uh, medallion and she's basically trying to work out like how much leverage she has. And she's like, oh, if you don't want this medallion, I'll just drop it over the side. And like all of the, the entire ship of men is like, don't. And she just looks at them like, oh, I see what's happening here. Like, I think we all know who has the power here. I'm like, yes, 100%. Everything about that is chef's fucking kiss. Step on my neck. Yeah, completely agree. Quite literally. I live, I live for Keira Knightley. I don't get the Keira Knightley hate at all. I think she is an incredible actress. Yes, she acts through her bottom teeth, but she's absolutely stunning and amazing. Can we talk about Pride and Prejudice? Like, Mm -hmm. she she went off she's so good in that and atonement as well atonement incredible when she comes out the fountain and like james mcavoy like talks about her vagina in a very sexually explicit way that's hot classic james yeah yeah when i when i like first came out i like looked at photos of her in bend it like beckham and she was very like androgynous and she had a kind of similar body type to me at the time because before the pandemic i was much slimmer and yeah it's just like oh kira knightley's hot i'm hot i can feel beautiful in this like kind of androgynous cool way that like Sorry, had a 90s uh, enough, vibe. enough about you alex because i'm so glad you mentioned her most most seminal movie mm-hmm bend it like beckham yeah the, the most should have been a gay movie, movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. 100 million thousand percent. There is nothing I identify more with than the fact that that movie should have been gay. I think if I was going to ever have some sort of role in campaigning, I would solely campaign for that movie to be remade with the original cast and make it gay. Would you have them uh, pretending to be 17? Yeah. At the same time? <laughs> yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Beautiful. Kira still because looks that's, great. That's what, we were, that's, what, that's what we lost, you know? Think about I'm the a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in support of that. I'd sign that petition. Yeah. What bit should they have hooked up with it, though? Like, what What was the... Jess and Kira Knightley's character. Yeah, obviously. Should have got it on. At what bit? At, like, what bit? At the club? Like, preferably from the start till the end. <laughs> right in the first scene oh, okay. all the way through. <laughs> Or, or yeah, the club when they go to was it? Did they go to Germany? They go to, to Germany. Football? Yeah, preferably like that was a good scene where like you know there was like a bit of tension. There was a bit of like crossed wires about who fancied who. There was already kissing going on, and then like for those two to sort of say, "No, I fancied you all along. It's you that I want." And then the ending's just the same because they just go and play football together, get on the plane together, but they're also kissing. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It just makes sense. I mean, my fun fact, you know how people have like the fun film facts that when they're watching the film or whatever, they'll always say like the really classic one at the moment is like, oh, did you know in this scene, Viggo Mortensen actually broke his toe like when he kicked that helmet in Lord of the Rings. My version of this is Kira Knightley has gone on record to say she thinks it should have been gay and that she's like 100%. She was like, if it ever got revisited, it should be gay. I'd be in it, I'd be gay. If they rebooted it, whoever was in it should be gay. And I... Nothing but respect for my queen, Kira Knightley. Okay, I'm literally just going to make this petition now. Parliament, <laughs> Parliament website. If it gets a certain amount of votes, they will have to address it, and as they should. I mean, it's gone silent think, for too long. Do you think if I make the petition, you could like put it in the show notes of this podcast and we could. Yeah, I'll let everyone. Uh, we, we definitely will get this to the highest level. Yeah, um, because there's nothing else going on in government right now that could be. No, absolutely up not. Yet. We need to take up some more time. <laughs> You're completely correct. Shall we do another one? I feel like I want to, I feel like I want more, more. I want, I want more of these juicy little character nuggets because every single one of these so far has been illuminating, worrying, uh, agreeable, all of the all of the adjectives. I feel like I want a controversial one from you, Alex, so I can really roast you. Okay, okay. I have a controversial one and I think we can I think we can get into it and say some hot takes, okay? Another movie that made me know I was a woman was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, there's so many angles there's there, Alex. So many angles. And let me go, let me just let me just go all the way off real quick. Okay. So Hermione goes to the Yule Ball. She's in that stunning chiffon gown. Every single thing that I've said today is like been involved uh, involved a gown, but And here you are sat in athleisure. And I'm in athleisure in my, you know, childhood bedroom thinking about Hermione. And yeah, she just looked so beautiful, such a, you know ugly duckling turned into a swan moment and yeah I just I love that film so much I love and I actually like love all of the Harry Potter films out and I know that's a controversial thing to say because I am trans and as we know the author of Harry Potter JK Rowling has said some things that are extremely transphobic and that I completely disagree with mm. I still I've watched the films recently I still love them I watched the the reunion I still love it JK Rowling is not going to take anything away from my enjoyment of these absolutely incredible films that I literally like grew up with and yeah I I just love them like I was similar age to all of the characters as as they were coming out and like as I was watching Wait, they came them, out. <laughs> oh, I don't think I literally laugh at a coming out joke every time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. I I thought that the twins were hot. Like, has anyone seen the um the reunion, the Harry Potter yeah. reunion? No. Cried my eyes out the whole way through. But the the biggest take home that I that I took from it was that Fred and George Weasley have got jacked and like look really big and hot. I've seen this. I've seen this on the internet. What the hell? What the hell? That is the most important takeaway, to be fair. That is the moral of Harry Potter. Yeah. But no, like, I, I yeah, I, I still just, like, love love Harry Harry Potter. And, and yeah, like, I don't want to engage with J.K. Rowling. Is it, like, the cultural stereotypes and the racial insensitivity that you love? Or is it... The hippogriffs. You know, is it is it the underlying homophobia... Where's the underlying yeah, homophobia? Yeah. Well, um, well um, S- Snape 
is kind of camp. Oh yeah. And there's like a whole thing. I don't. I don't follow it too closely, but I saw that there was a, probably a BuzzFeed article about how they did Snape dirty. Yeah, that's probably true. They did not yassify Snape to the full extent that they should have. Yeah, I think I read the same article. And there was no yassification of Dumbledore either. And then <laughs> yeah. he apparently came out through J.K. Rowling. He just was kept in the cupboard under the stairs the whole time, never mm. allowed to have his moment out of the closet. So do you, yeah. do you both, are you both very anti-Harry Potter? Like, not just because of you know, J.K. Rowling's comments, but... My, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, like, kind of sit similar to you, Alex, in that, like, it was... A, I feel like to deny it was a massive part of a lot of people my age's childhood is, like, a very strange sort of, like, erasure of what was going on. Like, I feel like now we can have conversations about it and stuff, but I feel like at the time it was this era where that was the kind of stuff that was being published. This was, like... And, and having that discussion and looking back and being like, okay, what was missed? to have this be published what has happened where you can have someone who on the surface level seemed to be writing these books that was trying to criticize this kind of bigotry and now seems to be going down the route of practicing it herself like I think that that's a very important conversation to have rather than just being like "Mm, it was shit the whole time and I always knew it and I never even liked it and like actually I'm really special for that so hot take oh my god another hot take I wasn't that into it like (gasps) as a kid so I'm dyslexic, so I never read the books growing up because I found it really difficult to read. I didn't know I was That's dyslexic very then. And so I found it really difficult to read. And everyone was like, ooh, Harry Potter books. And I was like, hey, 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 you dorks. So I, I never got into the books. And when the films came out, everybody had this sort of like immediate connection with it that I didn't have. And I was like, okay, cool. I think it was like, what, Philosopher's Stone? Like, that's a cool rock. I think in the second film, there was the flying car. I was like, that's pretty cool. Okay, sorry. Can I just interrupt quickly? Because it sounds like we're going in the direction where Shivani is saying that their biggest struggle in life is not being a Harry Potter fan. Like, it was actually really hard. Like, everyone else was really into it. And I didn't know what they were talking about. And it was actually really tough for me as, like, a non-Harry Potter fan growing up in such a Harry Potter world. It was. It was really hard for me. It was like a certain form of marginalization. <laughs> What do you say? Where does it where does it rank for you, Shivani? In in terms of your other identities, where does not a Harry Potter fan rank in terms of the, <laughs> the areas of, of privilege that you you intersect with? <laughs> I think well, it's just it was fine. Like I, I went and saw all the films. I've seen some of them more than once. It it was fine. I just like never really had that strong connection to it that I know so many queer people have. Like there is this whole magical world of being able to turn into a cat or being able to like run through a wall, like all of this stuff. It sounds kind of cool, right? Like I completely get why so many queer people, queer people and also Alex, who is not queer, really like it. I completely understand it. But just when I was growing up, I never had the same, like my brother loved it, for example. My brother used to like get my dad to draw in red pen like a little scar on his forehead and he'd go to school that's adorable yeah like it wasn't even like a fancy dress day he'd just do that for a regular (laughs) day at school and like I I got it people really enjoyed it and it was fine but now I get to be self-righteous and I get to be like I knew all along that, that, that there was, was something about it. There was always this. something there. There was just something off about it. And I knew all along. My little brother's dyslexic as well. And he also like didn't read it for that reason. But we did have, so on, I guess I'm admitting this. Um, So I couldn't afford the the like audiobook tapes of these of this book. But there was one day 
back in like maybe like 2000 or something like that, that they basically cleared all of the programming from Radio 4 and just played the Philosopher's Stone audiobook around was around Christmas time because I was at my grandma's and so I bought some blank cassette tapes and every half an hour ran upstairs to like change the cassette tape to record it off the radio you pirated I pirated with blank cassette tapes from WH Smith Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and like the saddest thing as well is I would wait and I would know because I've read the book so much like when was a good time to swap the tapes because I was like I don't really care about this scene with Dudley I'll (laughs) swap the tapes over now so my brother has a really really great knowledge of the Philosopher's Stone because it would just be playing when we would go to bed in our room I'd like play at night so that's like all his knowledge is just whatever Stephen Fry said during the bits of the tape that survived that's his only his only knowledge do you still have that no oh my god the tapes like destroyed themselves but I must have just yeah from overplaying them clearly just like I'm I'm one of those people who listens to like the same song on repeat over and over for like two weeks and then is like okay next song like let's go (laughs) how long did you listen to the tapes for like two years oh way too long I still now like I'll I'll listen to um just random episodes of podcasts or audiobooks whatever to go to sleep. I don't actually know how much I'm retaining of them. I feel like I must listen to the first three sentences and then I'm like out for the count. I'm exactly the same. And I do I have included Harry Potter in those audiobook Your rotation. as I sleep. Yeah. Honestly. But I feel like that's okay when you know a story, right? Yeah. Like you know what's happening. So if you fall asleep and you miss twenty minutes, like it doesn't really matter because when you pick it up the next day, mm. you're not like losing part of the plot. I know Voldemort dies and I know Dumbledore spoiler dies. Spoiler damn, Alex. It's, ten, it's 20 <laughs> years ago, okay? There could be no spoilers, surely at this point. Dumbledore dies, okay? Get over it. Whoa. I know. Hard damn. I know. I mean, I feel like Hermione in the foot, bringing it back to the podcast or whatever that we're recording. Um, Hermione. <laughs> Um, I mean, Hermione in the fourth in the fourth film. That's pretty. I, as as a choice beyond the JKR of it all, is a pretty so it's a pretty that's a solid choice. Yeah. Um, although I will say that I I maybe disagree with your description of her transformation from Emma Watson to Hermione Granger in a dress was an ugly duckling <laughs> to a swan transformation. Yeah. Because I feel like at no point in her life has that girl been unattractive. Yeah. Twelve year old Emma Watson was a fugly slut and. <laughs> She really sorted herself out and she really sorted herself out when she went to Victor Crumb and, I don't know, went to dance with Victor Crumb at the Yule Ball. Fair play. Fair All right, play so play. I, I have a question loosely linked to Hermione Granger. How did she then get it on with the ginger one? Like, how did that happen? That was always never, that was, for me, that was like, mm, something's something wrong is happening here. Yeah. It wasn't the heterosexuality of it all. It was... Like, there was no chemistry. I don't know. It sounds pretty heterophobic to me, Shivani. Um, I, yeah, mm. I do think Hermione Granger should have been gay. Yeah. And she should have been in an age gap relationship. I mean, everyone should. An age really, gap like, relationship. She should have been in an age gap... Listen, listen. Okay. She should have been in an age gap relationship with Professor McGonagall. <laughs> Her teacher. I Her teacher, Shivani. I that. Mm. When she's graduated, Shawnee, yeah, please. Okay. Obviously. Like when she's, yeah, when she's graduated. When she's an adult. Okay, so we ended with a reasonably controversial one from Alex. Shivani, do you also have a controversial one to bring? Or are you just boring and mainstream this entire time? Oh, wow. Okay, now you've called me boring and mainstream. I'm going to have to yeah. think of something real quick. 
Um, who's evil that I can say I fancy? <laughs> huh. What is some kind of weird villain character that had an effect? I mean, is there was there any that you were happening around the moment of you having a realization about yourself? Or was it a lot of like in hindsight? It was, it was, Kira Knightley was my realization when I was mm. like going around telling everyone I fancy Kira Knightley and it doesn't make me gay. That seems, that seems pretty solid evidence there. Yeah. I'm not gay. I fancy Kira Knightley and I do think LGBTQ plus people should have equal rights. Like that was basically the mantra that I was spitting oh my God, out. Are you reading like, my diary from yeah. year eight? Gay. <laughs> gay. <laughs> You know what? Cruella de Vil. Oh. This is, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Is kind of hot. No. Was it, is it the, is it, was it the puppy murder? Was that what was It was less, it, of, it was, the, I did like her coat. I did, in the I cartoon did like version. the puppy murder, but it wasn't the deal breaker. <laughs> but that wasn't what did it. That wasn't what did it for me. It was, she looked kind of chic. You know, she had the like cigarette in the like thing mm. in the like little yeah, real slim will do cigarette that holder thing. I don't even know if I'm imagining this, if this was real in the film, but like the cigarette holder and the cigarette. And I thought that looked really cool because obviously everyone knows smoking is cool. It Rowan's is. now going to have to put in a like, public health messaging in this podcast. Is, that's, why, that's why we've been vaping the whole way through <laughs> this podcast recording. So the, the smoking was really cool and attractive to me. I think she had these like red boots that were kind of cool. Her hair was kind of like messy, like just out of bed, kind of chic. Like she just shown you a wild time, and I think a combination of all of them all together. Mm, I think I've kind of merged it all in my head. I so I do think that there are there are definitely scenes in which Cruella is looking chic, looking you know put together, ever. But when you do Google Cruella Deville. Unfortunately, dear listener, maybe I'll put it in the show notes, this picture, but I'm going to show you the guys now. This, this is the image that comes up. Cum face. Was that, was that what you were That's her cum face. <laughs> Just once again. Yeah. That's me and my Volvo, like. <laughs> the Fiat 500 rage, the road rage begins. It's really funny because this picture specifically is is a half and half. It's like a watch mojo uh, thumbnail. And the other half is Emma Stone. And she does does not look anywhere near as deranged. She's looking a lot more cute. She's doing it. Well, well, it's it's more like um that image that you are showing us of Alex in her Fiat 500 mm -hmm. is 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 a caricature right and emma stone is 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 hot so she there's no way she could look as bad as that emma stone looks like a caricature okay she looks like a sexy bush baby with her massive humongous eyes yeah but she is hot you called her sexy just now you literally just said she's sexy she's a sexy bush baby but like not like a no 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 just end it she's sexy. that's a low bar, <laughs> that's a low bar she's a sexy and then just cut alex there like just yeah cut off the yeah, thank you. Fair play. If we could just cut round everything Alex says to just say the exact opposite, that would also be great. Completely Thanks fine. Thanks so much, Julian. Completely fair. <laughs> I think we're pretty much at the end of the recording time. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted like, to... tell me that's not chic. Sorry. Just to go back. Glenn, okay. Glenn okay. Close, yeah. I'm into it. Glenn Close is... Glenn Close. Having just... Yeah, actually, I think of the three of them, that feels like the best, the best of best of the bunch. Shag, Mary kill. Yeah. Glenn Close, honest, like, Emma Stone, and Cartoon Crowley. And the cartoon. The thing is, is like, Emma Stone, I thought was quite hot, like in the Easy A phase when I was like, hey, hey, hey. 
I actually kind of am on board with you, Alex. She's not that hot. Wow. <gasps> there we go. Glenn oh Close, gosh. though. Wow. Glenn Close. Just, as time goes on, the takes just get hotter and hotter on the podcast. Don't they get hotter and hotter. Um, I think if I'm going to shag, marry, kill them, it will be kill the cartoon version because that, that image you showed me was scary, Rowan. Mm-hmm. Shag Emma Watson version. No, Emma, Emma Stone. Watson. No, Emma Stone. Although Emma Watson would kill Cruella. She'd be so good at that. She'd be great. Uh, would she? She's a bit <laughs> devoid of personality. Sorry, wow. Emma. Wow. Fuming. Yeah, sorry. Um, again, obviously a long-time listener of the show, Emma. We, we apologise profusely. Dear friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, shag the Emma Stone version and marry the Glenn Close version. Fair play. Would you agree with that, Alex? Do I, do I get your approval? Yeah, that, that, that tracks, I think. I can be into that. That feels right. Mm. Rowan, if you were going to be any of the characters that we discussed today, which character would you be? Which one do you identify the most with? I wish that I identified the most with Anastasia. Like, I wish I was that, like, quick-witted and sassy and, like, prickly and stuff. But I, you know, my love language is gift-giving and that's really at odds with that vibe it's very much just just like hi hi like are you okay is everything all right which is very much not her like cool aloof way of going about things so I really wish I could be her but I feel like probably more of like the nerdy Hermione situation ah that makes sense I was gonna say if it's gift giving maybe you're more of the Robin Hood but then Alex would be like are you calling me a fox Shivani Mm, a little bit Alex please leave the call I will honestly I can't believe I never got I never really I feel like I didn't really get into the the flirting I didn't get enough of it on the podcast when I was guesting on your podcast and I was like I know that this is your MO so I need to bring it at least at the end here yeah we're in each other's DMs already so yeah We'll just, we'll take Alex out, we'll take Alex out of the group chat. Yeah, sorry, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. This is far too <laughs> lesbian-y for me. Um, this is all too, this all too queer for Alex. <laughs> oh, thank you. Gross. You're like, sorry, could it be the straight movie podcast? Hey, I really I, appreciate I it. I love you it guys. much more comfortable. I love you guys. I'm an ally, okay? <laughs> no, some, of, some of my best co-hosts are queer. Like, it's... <laughs> oh it's been great chatting yeah thanks so much for having us thank you so much for coming on very exciting the first the first double guest double guested episode we'll see what the finished result is but i (laughs) am anticipating a, a delightful amount of chaos So that was Alex and Shivani. If you want more of their amazing banter and hot takes and hilarity, then I can highly, highly recommend their podcast, They Said, She Said. It's made in collaboration with Mermaids, the trans youth charity in the UK. And I was on an episode a little while ago and it was so much fun. So go check it out. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with everything podcast related. If you enjoyed this episode, please do think about supporting us over on Patreon. Our patrons really are the backbone of the podcast, and in exchange for your support, we have some great tier rewards set up over there. One of the perks on our Patreon is a queer movie watch-along every last Saturday of the month, exclusively for our patrons. It's very fun, so, you know, come and join us. The Queer Movie Podcast is edited by Julia Shafini. We're also part of Multitude Productions, which has a lot more amazing sibling podcasts to ours that you should definitely check out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so you are primed for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully you will hear from us very soon.